Good morning, everyone. This is the Theology Central Podcast. It is Friday, June the 24th, 2022. It is currently 11.02 a.m. Central Time, and we need to talk about some breaking news. I know you've already heard it, so I'm not, in a sense, it's not breaking news in the sense that I'm the first one you're hearing this from. It's everywhere. I cannot even count how many notifications I have gotten on my iPad over the last few hours. Everyone's talking about it. It's it's the, the topic that everyone is going to have an opinion on today, but we're going to talk about it right here on the Theology Central podcast and hopefully maybe provide some perspective that you're not going to hear everywhere else. You may, you may disagree with my perspective, but hopefully you will at least consider it and listen to it. But if, unless for some weird reason, you have been asleep and you just woke up because you heard our notification, well, if you haven't heard, the Supreme Court basically has overturned Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court now gives states the green light to ban abortion. So this has overturned Roe v. Wade. The bombshell decision is set to upend races across the country as governors, attorney, attorney generals, and other state and local leaders gain new powers to decide when abortion will be permitted. The Supreme Court on Friday... That's June the 24th, 2022. The Supreme Court on Friday revoked the constitutional right to an abortion that has been in place for half a century, overturning Roe v. Wade on a 5-4 vote, clearing the way for dozens of states to swiftly ban the procedure and throwing the country into uncharted political, legal, social, and medical territory. The bombshell decision is set to upend elections across the country as governors, attorney general, and other state and local leaders gain new powers to decide when abortion will be permitted, if at all, and who should be prosecuted and potentially incarcerated when bans take effect. The high court's vote to overturn nearly five decades of court rulings upholding a right to end a pregnancy won the support of five of the court's six conservative justices, Justices, while Chief Justice John Roberts and the court's three liberal justices opposed overruling Roe. Now, there, there's much more here about the decision. You can read it everywhere. You can read all of the details. You can read the, the court's decision. I mean, you th- that the information is widely available, and I don't want to spend a lot of time this morning going through all of every little detail and all of the, 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 lang- the legal language and what it means and what are the implications for this, for that. I want us to take a step back and look at this first and foremost, obviously, from a theological perspective, because this podcast is called the Theology Central Podcast. But you take a step back, take a deep breath, and avoid some of the crazy things that people are saying, and just think about this carefully, rationally, and biblically, and try to understand what this means, all right? So I'm going to start in a place that a lot of people are not. And I know it's going to sound like that I'm being very cynical or that I'm being negative, and, and, and some people are going to get very angry with me. You should be celebrating 
You should be rejoicing. You should be praising God. This is this is a great victory. Uh, that that's how most podcast, I think, Christian podcasts and conservative talk shows today are going to approach the topic. We could we could be turning on, you know, I could be turning on conservative talk radio right now, and that's what I'm going to hear. It's going to be celebration. We won. This is the greatest victory. This is amazing. Finally, th- this is what we've been fighting for. And there's going to be a lot of that. And and I I don't want you in any way to think that I'm playing that down or dismissing that. I obviously do not support abortion. I do not, uh, I believe it's the ending of a human life, a human life created in the image of God. I, By all means, do I stand against it. But I think before we say or do anything, we have to consider this. I know it's going to sound negative. I know people are not going to be happy with what I'm going to say, but we have to say this because it's an absolute fact. The Supreme Court's decision did not change anyone's mind. It did not change anyone's heart. It did not change anything like that at all. It simply said, look, now the states can make the decision of what they want to do. That's all it did. It just said, hey, now the states, you can make a decision whether to ban it or to make it legal. That, that's, all, that's all that was accomplished. No one's heart was changed. No one's mind was changed. And I think everyone has to understand that because what, what, so it took all of this time to try to overturn it. Okay. It didn't end abortion. It just now, you know, if you live in a state where you can't get one, if you need an abortion, you're just going to have to go to a state that will allow it. We've already seen that some companies are saying that they were, they're going to pay for their employees to travel to get an abortion if they need to get one. So an entire industry is going to spring up with trying to get, provide transportation to people who have states or to, to the states where abortion is legal. They will clearly, in many states where abortion is legal, if they're bordering a state where it's not legal, they're going to put abortion clinics will spring up as close to that border as possible to, to limit the miles that someone has to travel in order to get one. There's going to be an entire industry that springs up in order to try to help women get an abortion who wants one because hearts haven't been changed. Minds haven't been changed. It did not change anything inside anyone. This is an external ruling that says, hey, now if you're, you're in one state, you can prohibit, but the other state, you can allow it. The average person sitting here who believed abortion is right, moral, legal, uh, uh, should be a constitutional right. Those people still believe that. The people who believe abortion is evil and wrong and ungodly and should be condemned, they still believe that. So nothing is going to change in that way, shape, or form. So now the people who believe it should be legal, they're going to start now all of their political campaigning. They're going to do everything they can to change the the political landscape of the state in which if they live in a state that says abortion should be illegal, they're going to do everything they can to vote those people out. So now it's going to just become a political firestorm all across the country. No one's heart, no one's mind was changed. No one's heart or mind was changed. Let me state that again. No one's heart or mind was changed. This is why I I so despise politics. This is why I despise the culture wars. This is why I despise all of that. Because from a biblical theological perspective, our focus should not be on trying to simply impose. And and again, listen, I understand abortion is, is, 
taking a human life. I want to make sure you understand that. So I understand why we would want it overturned. I know, I know why we would want laws against it. I completely understand that. But from a biblical theological perspective, our focus, I cannot stress this enough, our focus must always be on the power of the gospel to preach it so that a person comes from spiritual death to spiritual life, that they change their mind, they repent of how they thought about a particular issue, they now are taught to follow what God has to say, their minds are changed by the word of God, that they they become a Christian and they're going to follow God and they're going to look to him for morality, they're going to study the word of God and they're going to meditate on it, they're going to read it and they're going to study and they're going to seek to follow it. That is where our, that's where the church always has to put our focus. Our focus can't be on, oh, okay, we've got to fight this culture war by getting the Supreme Court to do this or this or this or that. You can do that all day, but you're not going to change the hearts of people. And let me make it very clear. You can have the best laws in place. You, you, uh, you, you, uh, you, you can have the, you can have the laws that are literally written by the finger of God, right? handed down on stone tablets. They could be the best law ever written. They're perfect. They're great. They're moral. They're righteous. They're holy. They're just. I mean, the best laws. And you can give those laws to a nation and go, here you, here you are. And that nation will ultimately rebel against those laws because unless you change the heart, the heart ultimately will always reject righteous and holy law. And, and if you need an object lesson, if you need a historic example, I don't know, it's called the Old Testament. Israel had an amazing law given to them by God, and they rebelled against it every time. Every time you turn around, they're rebelling against it. They're going against it. They're rebelling against God over and over and over. The nation that is given all of these wonderful laws before you know it, Everyone's doing what is right in their own eyes. Before you know it, they're rejecting God. Before you know it, they're turning to false religion. Before you know it, they're turning to idolatry. Because all the laws in the world cannot change the heart. It can't change the heart. And I don't know about you, but if you need to, you can, you can, you can pause this right now. You can go find a dark room somewhere, and you can sit there and just meditate on what's in your heart. And you'll probably go, oh, wow, wow. How did that get there? Because you're born with a sinful nature. Now, I know I know people are going to get mad at me going, you're, you're downplaying this. I'm not downplaying it. What I want you to just realize is you're going to be like victory. And I'm going to be like, mm, maybe temporarily victory in this state, but the, the state bordering your state probably is going to allow it. Victory in your state, but there's gonna, there's a new company that just sprung up that will give transportation to women who want an abortion, and they're going to just drive them right across the border, and they're going to get the abortion. Will abortion numbers drop dramatically? We'll see. Maybe temporarily. I think overall, it's just going to it's just going to move the industry to different states, and those states are going to be booming. They're going to be overwhelmed. The demand is going to be. Through the roof. I, I think I, I think in some cases, I don't know if it's going to truly lessen. It's going to make it more difficult, but I don't know if it's going to lessen the number in any dramatic way overall. Maybe short term, but I'm saying over a three or four year span, is it going to really dramatically decrease the number? You'll have to see because it's not going to change anyone's mind. 
It, that requires something greater. It requires something supernatural. And I think that's the gospel. So when I see this, you, look, celebrate. Just realize, did not change your heart. Did not change your mind. I'm going to say that every time I, I, I mean, I, I could run around and just trying every, you know, every news article of people, well, the people celebrating, praise God, this is victory. We won. I want to say it didn't change anybody's heart or mind. Never said, but it, it's going to protect babies. And, and praise God for every baby that is saved. That's wonderful. And that's great. It will. In certain situations. Now, the people who have money, it's, it's not going to fit. People who are don't have money, they may be. But I guarantee you there's probably going to be organizations that I guarantee you there's going to be nonprofit organizations. They're going to probably pop up all over the place where they're going to ask for, for donations from, for, from people who have lots of money. And then they're going to try to provide abortion and abortion transportation and abortion services for, for women who have low income. And I guarantee you, there's, you're going to see an entire industry spring up, nonprofit organizations, you're, for-profit, you're going to see all kinds of things spring up. So you, you can count the victory, but you, 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 <laughs> you didn't change anything. You didn't change anything. So celebrate if you want. But I, 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 hope, what we, I hope what we see here is that maybe Christians will wake up and go, Man, all of these culture wars we fight and all these political battles. Maybe at some point, I kind of wish that the Christians would go, vanity of vanities, meaningless, meaning. I think in, in some case, I wish people would throw up their hands and see how kind of vain and meaningless it really is. I know that that's going to just shock some people that I'm saying that, but because it just seems that we abandon, like some people are going to like, well, yeah, that Bible's great and the gospel's wonderful, but man, look what we can do when we get the right people on the Supreme Court. We can, we can, re, we can reshape this country in the image of God. We, we can, we can, and you, you can try all of that, but the people will rise up and the people will rebel and the people will cast off restraint and they're going to fight and it's going to get ugly and it's not going to be a pretty sight. Now, am I saying we should not do everything we can to fight against abortion? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I just want us to understand that there's a, that whatever victory one perceives, there's a reality underneath that victory that cannot be denied. And that is, it didn't change anyone's mind. It didn't change anyone's heart. So our focus must always be on the gospel because we have something that the world doesn't. We have, well, as if you'll, if, I, don't, I know you may remember this passage. This used to be preached a lot. Uh, in fact, I, this is a, a verse I memorized early on in my Christian life. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. The righteousness of, of God is revealed in the gospel. The, the righteousness of God is revealed, and it's through faith in the gospel that the righteousness of God is imputed to us. It is written, the just shall live by faith. If we abandon the gospel for culture war victories, for political victory, then we're abandoning the very thing that changes hearts and minds. And if you don't change hearts and minds, whatever victory you get today can be overcome tomorrow. 
And in this particular case, it, you, didn't, uh, you didn't get rid of abortion. You've only allowed states to place a ban while other states will say we're more than happy to receive your business. Come on in and take and take care of the situation. Now, I believe it's that's wrong and I believe it's murder. Don't get me. I, please understand that. But I'm saying that you're, you're going to have to go. So do you do you pat you live if you live in a state where abortion has been overturned? Do you just pat yourself on the back? going, We did it. We did it. Look at us. Yeah, uh, you didn't do anything. Because now women can just get in a car or a bus or, or any other mode of transportation, a plane, a train, and just go to somewhere else to get the, set, the same abortion. You, you, you're, you, you feel victorious, but babies are still going to be killed. So what's your, what's your, what's your real solution here? It's got to be proclaim the gospel. So that's the, that's the first thing I just want to get across is it's definitely – we, we haven't changed anything. And I have to bring up a second very important point. So we didn't change hearts and minds. What we are about to see, so we didn't change hearts and minds, and we have now, we are now going to find ourselves in a situation where the country is going to become even more politically divided and more politically minded. We, we've now... We, You didn't change any hearts and minds, but now every political, every election now is going to be more more political divided and people are going to be more politically minded because every election now is going to be, it's going to be the most important. Every state election, I mean everything, every city, every state election is, well, everything's going to hang in the balance when it comes to abortion. Hey, we, you know, wait, we've got a governor in Texas. Who doesn't want abortion? Those now who want abortion, they're going to just rise up and they're going to vote anyone out of state of state office that they that uh, will not allow abortion. It's going to get every election now is going to be more divisive. People are going to become more focused on politics, more distracted by politics, more. And I, I you may feel like we've won a victory, but I I see the long term effects is that people becoming even less gospel-minded and more politically-minded. I see that I see that this is going to lead to even more political hijacking and more political control of Christianity. Because now every, every time you turn around, every election, it's going to be like, look, everything hangs in the balance. This is it. We've got to do this. We've got, if we don't win this, it's all, it's all over. It's going to be more fundraising for every political candidate. It's going to be more divided. So this is, we didn't change any hearts and minds. But now we've created a situation where the country is going to be more politically divided and more politically minded, not gospel minded, politically minded. Instead of being like, okay, what do we got to do? Let's pray. Let's pray for revival. Let's fast. Let's grow spiritually. Let's present the gospel. How can we? No, 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 no. It's going to be like, wait, we've got to, we got to get, get people to the voting, uh, to register to vote. We've got to get, we've got to do whatever we can. We, and, and the church is going to become more preoccupied with winning those elections than they are proclaiming the gospel. That's, you, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I perceive is going to happen. So number one, we didn't change any hearts and minds. Number two, we've created a situation where people will be more politically divided and more politically minded. 
politically divided and politically minded. People outside the church becoming more politically minded, fine. They've rejected God. They have to replace God with something. So it becomes the God of politics. But when the church becomes more politically minded than gospel minded, that is a devastating thing for Christianity because Christianity becomes replaced with a political a political theism, like a, a theism that's more committed to political advancement than to the proclamation of the gospel and the glory of God, right? So we haven't changed hearts and minds. We're going to be more politically divided and more politically minded. I, th- I don't think you can even, I don't even think you can, uh, I don't think you can disagree with either of those. I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody can. Maybe they will. Here's a third thing. I think we're about to see some very, very, very ugly acts of violence and attacks. I have an article right here that's warning of the same thing. This is what they say. It's going to get very ugly in the aftermath of Roe. You don't need to be a rocket scientist or a prophet to know that in the aftermath of Roe v. Wade, It's going to get very ugly on the streets of America. The author of this article tweeted this. The overturning of Roe v. Wade is revealing the real spirit behind abortion. It is murderous, violent, angry, and full of venom and hate. The attacks on churches and pro-life clinics are par for the course. Abortion has become a pseudo-religious right it was never a moral right. Okay, I think it's about to get ugly. I think there's going to be massive protest, massive protest, and I think it will result in buildings burning, churches burning. I cannot say how widespread. In some states, it will be worse than others, but I would, uh, you may want to just start being ready to monitor what's going to happen. All right. You can download apps on your mobile device so you can listen to police scanner uh, traffic. You may, uh, in some large cities where you see these dramatic, large protests and violence begin to break out, sometimes you can listen to that and uh, get a kind of an idea of what's actually taking place. And sometimes it's extremely frightening. Now, they go on to say this. We know, of course, this, the, the article goes on to say, we know, of course, that not everyone involved in the abortion industry is dead set on evil. Think of the teenage girl who agonized over their decision to terminate her pregnancy, living with regret in the years that followed. But in the heat of the moment, she felt abortion was her only choice. Or consider the parents wrestling with what to do with a report that their beloved precious baby in the womb has a severe uh, de- uh, you know, birth defect, uh, are destined, to, to, uh, destined at best to live a few months or a year, and that in great agony. It is not abortion the merciful thing to do. Isn't that better than watching your child die slowly in front of your eyes, dominating your time, taking you from your other kids and destroying your finances? To repeat, not everyone involved in the abortion industry is dead set on evil, but there are plenty who are, having felt the power of bloodlust or becoming gripped in the vice of greed. This author wrote in 2019, uh, The state of New York has now added insanity to bloodlust. Yes, the same state that makes it legal to abort a baby in the womb right until the moment of delivery has deemed it inhumane to declaw cats. It's only natural then that the overturning of Roe would release a spirit of violence 
and hatred and vandalism and intimidation. So this article goes on to say what we're about to see is going to be extremely ugly. I don't know if that is going to be 100% accurate, but I think it's going to be at least in the short term, it's probably going to be ugly. So we did not change any hearts and minds. All right. That's very important. The country is going to become more politically divided and more politically minded. And number three, we're about to see just an, an absolute, I think, wave, at least temporarily, of some violence, intimidation, and I think many pro-life centers and churches. And I think churches, I think, I think in the minds of most people, the, the church is going to be to, to be to blame. The church is responsible. The church did this. And, and churches are going to be under attack. I don't know if it's going to be just protests in front of them, vandalism. I hope we don't, but I, I think it's going to be ugly and we have to be prepared for that. It, it's, 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 going, it's going to happen and it's not going to be a good thing. Right? It's not going to be a good thing. And I think the bigger the church, the bigger the target. Because the people who want to make a statement, that's what they're going to go after. Even if the church was not very anti-abortion in their stance anyway, it's not going to matter. That, that, that cross, that, that, that word church is just in their mind. They're the ones who did this. They're the ones who took, took away this right, and they're the ones who are going to be attacked. So three, three thoughts so far, right? I may add a fourth one here, but we didn't change any hearts and minds. Right, we did not change any hearts and minds. Number two, I think this is very important. The church, the culture, the country is going to become more politically divided and more politically minded. And number three, we're going to see a wave of violence and intimidation, and it's it's going to be it's going to be a very frightening thing to watch unfold. But here is another thing to consider. I I I don't know because I. How this is going to play out in states where we're going to have clear states that are going to prohibit it and we're going to have states that are clearly going to allow it. And I don't know how that's going to ultimately impact the abortion numbers, right? I think in some cases it's going to have a a a short-term impact where abortions may decrease. People may say, see victory. And then I think they may go, it may go right back up once everything gets put in place to help women get to where they want to go to, to, well, end their pregnancy, to end the life of a baby. As, as wrong as we may think that is, I think that's how it's going to occur. But let's just say theoretically, let's just say theoretically that this decreases abortion by 50%, by 50%. And let's say as a result of that, you have 50% increase in unwanted pregnancies where women are giving up their babies. They're giving them up. They're like, we don't, we don't, I don't want my, I don't want the baby. I don't want the baby. I don't want the baby. Who's going to step up to care for all of these unwanted children? It, let, in theory, let's say, I'm just saying in theory, let's say that happens. I'm not saying this is the way it's going to play out. Who's going to step up? Who's going to step up? Who's going to step up for the woman who doesn't give up the baby, but now she's a single mom and she can't, she, she's financially in great difficulty trying to raise the baby. Are we going to support any kind of political call to raise the support for a single mom with a baby, giving more, you know, 
different safety nets, social safety nets, welfare, food stamps? Are we going to increase those benefits and be willing to pay for them? Or are Christians going to fight against that as well? I'm just saying that there's there's always unintended consequences. I don't know what the I don't know what the unintended consequences here are going to be. I, I again I think numbers will decrease and then I think they're going to go back up. I think the the other states will we're going to 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 use they'll see this almost as an opportunity and they'll they'll be the industry will will rally around it and find a way to make it work. But if that doesn't happen and you've got more and more babies being born that are either just being given away and uh, you know, what to an orphanage to where to where or you're going to have women now trying to support the baby and they can't do so well, who's going to be willing to support that need? Is your church going to be trying to help women who can't to, to try to financially help them, to financially support them? It's one thing to, to just say, hey, that's wrong. Don't do it. And now you need to go to jail for trying it. It's another thing to step up and go, what are we going to do to help in the meantime? I, I don't have any easy answers there. I don't have any easy answers, but it's going to be a question that's going to be raised in the minds of many people. They're going to be like, okay, now you've got all of these un- un- unwanted preg- pregnancies. That, that may not occur. That may not occur. But in theory, let's say it does. What, what plans, what, what does your church have in store? How are you going to work that? How are you going to do that? Are, are, are adoptions going to increase in your church? Is your church going to be more than willing to support any Plans for well, we, we're going to have to raise taxes so that we can support more. More, uh, uh, how are you going to vote? How how will the unintended consequences impact the way you view this moving forward? I, I just think there's going to be unintended consequences, and so what are you going to do to help in those situations? We didn't change any hearts and minds. We did not change any hearts and minds. The country is going to be more politically divided and more politically minded. Violence, I think, and in, 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 in riots and burning of, of property is probably going to occur. We've got to be prepared for that. And then what do we do with possibly an increased number of unwanted babies? What are we going to do? I, I wish I had a good answer. I wish I wish I had millions of dollars and I could do everything I could to help help that situation. I, I wish there was. And hopefully there'll be good Christian organizations that will step up, who'll be able to help support and do what we can. Because we want, we, being pro-life has to be more than just, well, we don't want abortion. It's got to be about all of these other things as well. We, it has to be at least discussed. Maybe you don't want today to be the day to bring it up, but I think today is the perfect day to bring it up. And, and, and no matter what happens, there's always unintended consequences. Even when, even when the thing is good, there's unintended consequences. I, whenever we talk about the Reformation at my church, which we strong, you know, sometimes we celebrate Reformation Day and we believe in church history and we talk a lot about the Protestant Reformation. Look, I will be the first to admit that what Luther did in the Protestant Reformation, I would support and agree because I believe the Catholic Church was so apostate and corrupt that it needed to be stood against. But there were some massive unintended consequences of the Protestant Reformation some seriously unintended consequences that are very negative in many aspects. And we've talked about that before. Well, here, this may be a wonderful thing that we're trying to save babies, but there's going to be unintended consequences. Because if if the woman doesn't get an abortion, you have a baby that's going to be born. Who's going to take care of it? Who's going to support it? Who's going to feed it? Who's going to provide it health care? Who's going who's gonna to take care of it for its, its education? It, wh- who's going to take care of it? 
Now, some of those consequences are not going to be seen, obviously, immediately. They're going to be years down the road. They're going to be years down the road, but they're coming. So we need to start thinking about it now. What can we do? How can we help? I don't, again, not every ministry is going to be able to do much. Not every, not every family can do a lot because it requires money, requires, that's the thing. It requires a lot to try to take on that burden. So those, those are some things that I want to say. And I will go on to say this. Yes, today is a day that we can celebrate and we can praise God for every baby that will be saved. That is, by all means, praise God for that. By all means, be grateful for that. I am not saying don't be grateful. I am, I, I, you know, it's just horrible to think that a human life that is taken and just because, you know, someone decides they don't want it, they can just terminate it and get rid of it. It's it's a horrible, horrible thing. So I'm very grateful for every child that will be saved. I am. I, I, it makes me very, very, very happy that that has occurred. But I just know what's about. I, I just feel like that what's about to unfold. A lot of people. I've already seen a lot of people like this. This is it. Abortion is over. And I'm like, yeah, it's not over. I don't know how many times I've tried. Almost had to correct people today. Abortion is not over. Still going to be continuing, just in different states. It, in some states it will. Some states it will not. So you say, well, that that could save lives. I understand that. But just don't walk around acting like abortion is over because it isn't. Just got moved to the states. And now when those elections come up, it's going to get ugly. Now, according to certain polls, according to certain polls, and I don't know how accurate they are, many claim that the majority of Americans did not want Roe v. Wade overturned. Now, I've seen some polls trying to argue opposite that, so I don't really know if we have an accurate, I don't know if we have an accurate picture of what the nation actually wants. I don't know if we do. I don't know. But I know this. If the nation, if the majority of the people in the nation decide we want abortion, ultimately the people will get what they want. Ultimately, they will. Ultimately, they, no matter, you can try to fight against it culturally, you can try to fight against it politically, but ultimately, if the hearts and minds are not changed, they will finally rise up, cast off restraint, and get what they want. So if the majority of people do not want Roe v. Wade overturned, and they do want abortion allowed up to a certain point, they're going to get it. Because if the majority wants that, the majority will then start voting people out of office who won't give them that. That's what will happen. And then you're just going to be like, oh, wait, we overturned Roe v. Wade. My state won't allow. Okay, never mind. My state now allows abortion. Then you're going to be like, I'm mad. And it's just going to be this endless cycle. You're going to be on a hamster wheel, just running in circles. And while we're doing all of that, while we're yelling and screaming and fighting, just remember, well, there's human beings who are creating the image of God who, when they die, they go into eternity. And what they needed was the gospel. They didn't need just more culture wars, a victory, getting the victory or getting the defeat. They didn't need more political decisions that either they agreed or disagreed with. They need what I'm having, I'm holding here in my hands, the power of the gospel. We can't lose track of that today. 
Nothing has changed. People are still sinners. They still need the gospel. And the primary focus of the church is to equip saints for the work of ministry and equip those saints that they can go and do that ministry by presenting the gospel. That's what we are still called to do. Nothing has changed for the church. Our mission has not changed. It never has. It never will. We're not called to go recreate the, the, the society in the image of God. We're not called. I know that there's, there's a big movement today for those who believe that. But if you believe that, go, go try to fight those battles. Someday you're going to wake up and you're going to say vanity of vanities, meaningless, meaningless. And you're going to realize all you did was try to fight people. And those people died and went to hell. And even if you won, you're, what, what, does it, what does it accomplish if you win your battle, but you so abandon the gospel that people didn't hear the gospel? Like, what, what, what's most important to you? Now, I know some say, well, you can do both. I'm not saying you can't. Just saying it's very easy to become distracted. I have a hard enough time not being distracted just by everyday things in my life. Now, I know there's other things we needed to get to today, but this is obviously, this is now, this, this has taken precedent over everything. And I don't know if you agree with any of my points. I, I know some of you will disagree, but I hope you understand. I am not in any way saying, hey, we should have kept abortion. I'm not saying that. I just know that we didn't change any hearts and minds. The country is going to be more politically divided, more politically minded. There's going to be, there's going to be violence and, and it's going to be ugly and what are we going to do with maybe the unintended consequences of, of, of women who can't support themselves and, and unwanted babies? What are we going to do? I don't know if there's a solution. I, I don't know if there's a solution. But I know this, that we have to maintain our focus. Yeah, yeah celebrate today. Be, be grateful. Be thankful for every baby that will be saved. I am grateful for that. You should be too. But we, we can't forget what we're called to do. I know. I this is one of those things I feel like that it's going to be so misunderstood and people are going to get so angry at me and people are going to get so mad at me but I I hope you understand what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to just take somewhat of a a lot of times what I do is when some a big news story happens I just start looking at what the Christian world is saying about it. And then I I sometimes try to say okay, that's what everyone is saying. I could turn on the microphone and say what they are saying, but of what value is that to you? because you can already hear it everywhere else. I always try to get what is not being said that needs to be said today. So I'm trying to take that approach. Some people appreciate that. Some people don't. But there you have it. Just pray. Because uh, I think we're about to see uh, some, it's, I, I, it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. I, I think that article that went into how ugly it's going to be, I think that they are, they, think they may be on to something. So we're going to have to see. All right. You can email me your disagreements to newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Please, if you're going to email me your disagreement, please at least make sure you didn't ignore what things I actually said. Please. Do not ignore the things I actually said because uh, I know that's about to happen. All right. We'll, I don't know how the rest of the day is going to go, but uh, 
we're going to see. There's there's so many other things I want to talk about today, things we need to work on. I need to, I need to do a, a follow-up to what we talked about last night. We need to get back to spiritual pride. We need to, uh, well, obviously today we'll have to do the next day in our 30 days and 30 scriptures. But I, this is what, this is one of those days where you just feel like, you know, no matter what I turn the microphone on and talk about today, no one's going to be paying attention because everyone is talking about this. Yeah, here we go. Uh, President Biden is addressing the nation and hours after uh, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, watch live. So President Biden is now addressing the nation hours after the Supreme Court decision. So we'll see. Um, Yeah, we'll see. So just we're going to watch this unfold in real time. You may want to write this date down, June the 24th, 2022. It's a pretty big day historically because Roe v. Wade has at least been overturned in a sense from a, as a constitutional right, now being sent back to each individual state to make the decision. Pretty big day. Don't know if I would have ever, I don't know if I would have ever saw this coming, but it's here. And uh, on one hand, praise God for every baby that will be saved. But there's a lot of things to consider and think about today. All right, thanks for listening. God bless.